0: What's happening, world? I'm your host, The Wizard of Waz, Benji Wozniak. And this week, me and Kara are going to go over the movie that's currently on Netflix called The Bubble. It was
1: actually just released, I think, right earlier this month, April 1st, right? It's kind of funny because it's like a satire film. It is by Judd Apatow. Huge cast. Also, the guy that co-wrote it, Pam or the girl that co-wrote Pam Brady wrote Hamlet 2 which is one of my favorite movies and I was surprised that Steve Coogan didn't make a cameo because they got literally everyone else.
0: I never seen Hamlet 2. I didn't even know there was a Hamlet 2. Uh, it's good. Okay so we're this
1: is insane. You've never seen Hamlet 2. So is it good? Maybe maybe but it is hilarious so steve coogan plays like this like washed up bad playwright and he goes to a high school where he writes hamlet too but because hamlet dies in the original he like meets jesus he like is like resurrected oh it is so funny it's so watch it i would watch it like 2008 or 10 it came out i don't know how well it's aged but i remember it being hysterical
0: all right. That's definitely going to have to be on my to-do list. <laughs> so this movie, The Bubble, is about a movie being filmed during the pandemic. Uh, it's called Cliff B6. <laughs>
1: so already we're six deep into a franchise that is essentially Jurassic Park, which this movie was based on the filming of Jurassic Park Dominion or Jurassic World Dominion. And then one of the close car- like, um, actors on that set was talking to Leslie Mann and complaining about All these things that were going wrong like they were trapped in a hotel in the uk and then so everything that happened basically on that set was like mimicked in this movie and i thought that is so funny
0: yeah, it, I thought it was funny how they like had everybody stuck in and then like they had them trapped there and they're like, "All right, we'll make a 7." They're like, "No, I don't want a 7." But it, it really reminded me of like the NBA bubble, like when the NBA players were stuck in the hotels cuz the NBA wanted to do the playoffs. And they were like, are you going to be there and you're going to have to do this." And like everybody was getting sick and you know, they were going out doing stuff that they weren't supposed to do. But um, you know, it's kind of the same thing with this movie.
1: Absolutely. And this movie I think did such a good job like showcasing how people in isolation like did break down and like how you do want to sneak out. And- like I mean they did sneak out and then the subsequent like canceling oh my god that was so funny
0: yeah I think uh was it Karen Gillian's uh character when the, she first gets there she's locked down for two weeks and like she's basically like a basket case like begging to be like be released and then when she gets out the guy goes you kind of stink you know
1: <laughs> I thought that was so funny and then in the second and third breakdowns we see um everyone kind of like madness I thought Pedro Pascal was so funny his like Coke field like rages oh my god an hallucination oh my goodness
0: yeah it did have a good cast like um Karen Gillian is in Jumanji and in um was that uh God in the Galaxy and then you know Pascal is of course the Mandalorian which like he's huge so it had a really good cast and like when he went like crazy on the coke and stuff and then he like basically is dead and it reminded me of um Pulp Fiction, when they have to stab him in the heart. I thought that was great.
1: I agree. And there were so many callbacks to, like, other films in this movie. We were kind of talking a little bit beforehand. And I thought it was so interesting. It was so funny. And I don't know. I, like, yeah. And I thought the cast, like you said, was great. I mean, we had the, um, did you see Borat too, the new one? Because the girl that Pedro Pascal's character falls in love with, she was the main girl in that. Guz Khan, who's a big comedian in the UK, he was my favorite. When he left, I was actually very sad. When he ran away... (laughs) I was like, you're so funny. The comic relief is leaving.
0: Yeah, and it was funny because he got away like he ran off and then like they they, they tightened the security on on the set and like then like no one can leave and then the one lady tries to escape later on and she gets her hand shot off and like they're like oh it was an accident I'm like an accident you shot this lady's hand off
1: and I thought that was so funny just to show how crazy the like main security guard was was because he was like oh great shot you nailed it and then when he's talking to the um the main like producer he's like I had no idea he was gonna shoot his hand we thought it was like a crazed fan so I thought it just like showed like how unhinged he was but then when he was being hunted at the end he was actually like a little bitch about it and he got his hand shot by an arrow by gus Khan.
0: yeah that was pretty funny (laughs) like the movie's great i mean it has a lot of stuff in it like like i said it's cliff b6 and then um what is it gillian's character went off and she wasn't in five and she went to did some movie about, like, Israeli and Pakistan. Yeah, and she's neither. She had to be, like, a mixed mix between both. Like, she was supposed to unite the Sith. And it was just really stupid, but it was funny stupid.
1: And I thought it was a good commentary on what happens, like, in a celeb's head, you know? Because we see it all the time. We see these celebrities who get famous off of these franchises. And then they end up leaving the franchise to do, like, a serious movie that they're, like, convinced to by their... um. Managers and like agents, and it's bad, and they get panned. And I think it's funny because it reminded me a lot of America's Sweethearts with Catherine Zeta-Jones and John Cusack, because it kind of does that same thing. It's kind of like the big star who gets famous and then leaves, and then like comes back shamefully to the franchise. I don't know. I thought it was really interesting because I think we see it a lot in real life.
0: Yeah, it did kind of. And it also covered like how movie stars have like problems in real life. Like um Gillian's boyfriend, she leaves to go to this movie, and like she's not even going to week and he's got a new girl in there living in the house it just goes to show like you know movie stars they don't like people they don't they have these relationships and stuff but it's hard for them because like other people using them is it because of their fame and like you know it kind of shows in this movie where like she she's with her boyfriend and then she calls him up and he's got like the other girl moved in he's like and the son's like who are you you know it was just really bad
1: it was bad but i thought they also did a really good job with christy crystal the tiktok star and then the mole who is like pretending to be her friend i thought she made a lot of really good points so when she was like don't post these like we're trapped we're so unhappy video she's like there are people who are actually like have real life problems like they don't want to hear you living like this is celebrity bad it's not like bad bad so yes celebrities do have problems and things but i just thought that was a really interesting point that the movie made
0: yeah because during the pandemic a lot of people had it really bad like the elderly especially when people were hoarding like at the very beginning when people were buying like 62 things of toilet paper which you didn't need by the way and then like you know all these elderly people that like, couldn't get there come in and you know, you know, i felt bad because they're like do you have any toilet paper i'm like no and like, are you sure i'm like i am dead positive do not have toilet paper. We're not hoarding it in the back. I mean, it was just like they were just flying off the shelves.
1: Exactly. And I mean, I think it's arrogant to say that we're not still in a pandemic. We are. I mean, this is still very much alive and well. But I think it's funny that now the media is going to start reflecting like pandemic life and i think to incorporate tiktok into it tiktok dances into it we see different people like picking up like the trendy like quarantine habits that were going around like we saw like the roller skating and like juggling and like i was surprised no surprised no one was like making bread you know so i thought it was trying very hard to be like timely but it's like we're still in this time it's kind of like i don't know it's like maybe it's a little too much too soon but like it was still very funny
0: yeah i just like to say that my granddaughter was just born mallory and in the hospital you couldn't go go see the, the baby so i didn't see mallory till like a couple of days after she got out so they still do have the pandemic limitations in the hospitals
1: yeah so i mean this is still very much something that people are living with i mean there's still people living with like long-term symptoms like i mean it's still very much a real thing so i think this movie did a good job of like highlighting that it is bad and i thought it's actor satire you know everyone hates the rich which i think is like
0: fun. yeah and the funny thing was too like remember like they swab them all through the movie and at the very end in it like if you watch the afterwards he's like i didn't even send him in i'm like what do you mean And like he locked these people down and like caused total trouble for these people but he never even sent the swabs in he was
1: like so bad <laughs> when his Benedict Cumberbatch thing oh my god I thought that was so funny when they, he turned into him I was like oh my god because it kind of did look like him maybe it's just being thin and British I don't know
0: yeah it was funny like I said the movie's worth a good watch I mean you gotta go into it it reminded me a lot of like I was telling you earlier it reminds me a lot of like Rat Race or Cannonball Run or uh, Tropical Thunder where they got like a bunch of stars that are com- up and coming and they throw them in these movies movies together and you know to make like a kind of like super movie with like all these superstars you know
1: yeah to me it reminded me more of Tropic Thunder than anything else just because we did have that like those like levels of like filmmaking like realism and I mean having Kate McKinnon's like be the producer over the screen just like constantly reminded me of Tom Cruise in that fat suit in I don't know it just I got so many vibes like it was so heavy not heavily inspired obviously I don't know if it was or not but to me it was because I made all those Connections and then even like I don't know I thought it was really funny and to have like the different actors and you see what other movies they're in and the clips from that I just it felt very similar.
0: Yeah, it did. And like I said, the movie was good. I mean, the whole plot of it. I mean, the funny part was when like they were trying to kill the the cliff beast and um they're like you have to like flame throw their their genitals and I'm like what the hell are we watching here? And even even the stars of the movie are like this is seriously gonna be what we're this is where we're going.
1: I know. And I thought the movie was like funny in certain like. other meta ways because then we have this scene where Iris apatow it takes over karen Gillum's like very emotional scene where she connects with like the baby cliff beast and then they start like doing a tiktok dance in it and it was just very funny because like it shows that like movies are trying to like expand and like pander to like these like younger like wider audiences and then within the movie we're watching we see them as a cast perform tiktok dances so i just thought that like layering was really funny and like really clever because it's like true it's like we see it i don't know
0: yeah and it was funny because like they were talking about like the tiktok dance and she was famous for being like a tiktok dancer it just shows you like like how how you can become an influencer like she was really like just doing like silly dances it wasn't even like a good dance but she was getting millions of views and like millions of likes and it was just funny i thought that was great because like that's how it is i mean you don't have to do anything spectacular on tiktok you just have to be someone that people like you know
1: exactly and I just I thought it was really fun and I mean she I thought her scene some of her scenes were some of the best scenes to me like when she's fighting the mole and then they have this very like intensive like very highly choreographed fight and then because it kind of was like the montage at the end of an action film you know like everyone's like realizing that they come together as a team and they end up working together and then she has this great breakout fight and then it's David Duchovny's t- turn and he's already the self-proclaimed like guardian of the franchise and then him and Fred Armisen have the like dumbest fight I've ever seen and Iris even said she's like oh I had a way better fight like 10 seconds ago and I just thought it was so interesting I don't know I thought that that kind of like humor and like very like meta like I thought it was very funny
0: yeah and like when they're trying to escape in the helicopter and he's like all I can do is go up and down up and down and like it reminded me of Tom Cruise like how he wants to do his own thing he wanted to be you know he wanted to do the the helicopters and stuff so I thought that was kind of cool too but it was just funny because like they all work together to make it go forward and it shows the the team aspect
1: absolutely and I love Keegan-Michael I think he is hysterical and he was so funny he was like I didn't even write my book and he was kind of this like cult leader which I think is so funny because in Marvel franchise movie and in a lot of other movies Jared Leto and he's a cult leader and so I just thought it was so funny to have those like little tie-ins like that I don't know if that was true or not but that's where my mind went
0: yeah I like the end of the movie when they're doing like what happened with everybody and they're like I heard you went into a drug rehab he was like yeah I spent I spent two days (laughs) (laughs) they're like what he's like it was two days it was the two roughest days of my life and i'm like what you know they did make a lot of like drug humor like you know when they get high and everything They're like i don't know why we tell kids not to do this and i'm like that was i was kind of stepping back a little bit on that i was like whoa 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 it's funny but yay now i was like don't do that
1: i don't know i thought that scene was like one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie like they were like we should tell kids to do drugs and i was like I don't know because it's just like I can only imagine like that's what people sound like when they're doing those types of drugs and I thought it was so funny because even at the end like David you, at the end of like this very highly like crazy scene David Duchovny at the end he's like you know that's the drug stalking <laughs> like that is that might be you but that's the drugs and I, I thought that was funny I thought I thought it was clever and I thought all that drug use leading up to her stabbing him in the chest was very much like Pulp Fiction
0: yeah I just like for me like I grew up with like uh river phoenix dying and things like that so like for me i was like i understand the drug addictions in hollywood and i was kind of like like oh no no you know because those hollywood's a lot of hollywood actors do a lot of drugs and and in that i mean it's messing up their lives you know and it's because they i think that it's all they know how to do like they they go out and they party and you know it's like like hollywood peer pressure
1: i guess kind of yeah and i think yeah but i think this movie i don't think this movie was glorifying drug use at all i know that it was like a one-off line that he was like we should tell kids to do drug and i think it was because of the drugs that they were doing i mean like i read the article where fiona apple was saying like she was locked in a room with quentin tarantino and paul thomas anderson they were all doing coke and she's like and now i will never do coke you know what i mean it's just like i don't know i'll never watch a movie again like fiona apple like i believe you because i imagine that's like what happens like i don't so i i don't know I think I thought it was a funny part. I thought it added to the humor because it's like what bonded them. I don't know. I
0: don't know. Yeah, trust me. I'm not a prude. I've done drugs. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm listening. To you, don't listen. I did dr- I did a lot of drugs. But uh, but uh, my thing was just like just hearing the Hollywood horror stories, like Drew Barrymore's horror story. You know, you know I just feel bad from like I, it, it's kind of funny. Like I feel bad for movie stars who make millions of dollars, but I really do because some of their lives are really screwed up.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, even Lady Gaga talked about when she was doing all the press for *A Star Is Born*. She was like, you know, when you're famous, drug, are rarely available like they want like people think it like fuels the creative process i mean you could look at anything so yeah it is very it's very sad it's a very real thing it's a very tough thing but i don't know i thought pedro pascal being on acid and like having sex with like robot daisy ridley was like very funny i don't know I, like that still made me laugh
0: yeah a lot of the scenes and it was i was just like what is going on here this is crazy like you said a lot of stuff is like based in drugs, like uh, famous literature. I mean, Alice in Wonderland, Edgar Allan Poe. So, like, drugs play a major part in a lot of things that happen in the world. I mean, so I'm not like I said, I'm not, I'm not against drugs. Oh, I'm, I get. Like, I don't know if I'm against drugs. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't do. It. Right. right. Uh, all right. Yes, firm stance here. We're against drugs. <laughs>
1: but yeah, but no, the movie. I thought the movie was really funny. and I thought it showed how like people would break down in quarantine you know and like maybe like yeah the breaking point is like wow we all need to blow off steam and like just like rage which I think a lot of people had that mentality like in like we could look at like spring break in Florida where it was just like flooded with college kids because they were just like I need to get out and party it's like okay so you're obviously like not paying it I don't know so I thought the movie had a lot of tie-ins like that to being real and that's like what what were some of the things I don't know It was too long for me. I said this before we even started. It's two hours too long. It could have been a tight 90, and I think they could have accomplished what they needed to.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, at some point, I was kind of sitting there going, okay, all right. it's, It's good. It's good, but it's kind of getting drawn out. You know, and, like, when they're running th- through the thing trying to escape and stuff, I thought it was just, like, it, it was extended. You know, they're, like, trying to make it last longer than what it should. You know, maybe, like, they they had a time frame. They're, like, are we going to film this in this amount of time? So, you have to have all these fillers in there. And I didn't think that it was necessary. Like you said, it could have been, like, it could have been a little lot less.
1: Yeah, because I think to have all these, like, extra, like, human interest pieces in it, like, to develop the characters, like, was good and it was funny. And it allowed for, like, a lot of, camp like, celebrity cameos and... It was good, but I don't know. I do. I liked certain bits and I didn't like certain bits. Like I didn't need a lot of the David Duchovny, like Leslie Mann scenes. Like, granted, I think Leslie Mann's hilarious. And, but like, I don't like that. Once her hand got shot off, she like was gone, you know? And I mean, because like they even brought Gaz Khan back. Like they could have brought her back. And I don't know. The movie did pass the Bechdel test Um, right within the first conversation between Karen Gillan and Leslie Mann. So I thought that was interesting. Pretty good on Judd Apatow's part. Maybe because Pam Brady was there too, but
0: I thought they brought it back at the end with the robotic hand yeah, they did, they they did. did the yeah and then yeah i thought the yeah it's after credits but uh, i thought the funny thing was too with um the adopted son uh, from from was this puerto rico or yeah and then, like how he was like like i think it's funny because everything's like uh, you get a son that or a child from another country and they come to America to live with movie stars that have this great life and the kid like hated it. He was like, you guys are always fighting all the time and I don't care about your stupid movie and it was just thought that was funny.
1: My favorite part was when he was like, I'm dropping out of high school because you're going to give me a trust fund. I just thought that part was, hilarious and I think it shows like so much like entitlement but also like we look at this movie and this movie is a nepotism movie Judd Apatow made it his wife Leslie Mann is in it and his youngest daughter Iris Apatow is in it and I mean we see this nepotism all the time not but so it's like funny that they were like hinting at like oh now I can just like coast because my parents are famous and it's like I don't, I don't know
0: I mean how many kids really do that though Yeah, I mean you, their parents are famous and they're like you know what I don't have to do nothing I a mean yeah I mean because I mean I mean look I do it <laughs> listen i'm not gonna lie. listen anybody out there that has like rich parents i am not mad at you like you you do you all right I, i'm trying to work and get this podcast going so we can be doing this stuff
1: right but i don't yeah i just think it's so fun i thought it was so funny i thought the movie had some good layers it was a little a little long like we said but the cameos were my favorite i would have to say the john cena one and the james mcavoy one those were my two favorites just because i love i think john cena is so funny
0: yeah, I, I like his Peacemaker. I do. Everybody thinks it's stupid, but I think it's really funny. I think he he does a good job in it. I I think you know he he's stereotyped as like this big goofy muscular wrestler, but he that's what he is. I mean, he is what he is. He's he's John Cena. He's a big muscular guy that does wrestling and is a brute.
1: I think it's so funny because I think that John Cena and The Rock have like this very similar path where like it they start off in these like in wrestling first of all then they do these smaller action-packed films like john Cena did like nine seconds or something and then the rock has like walking tall and then they transition into more like family-friendly roles into comedy roles into being huge stars and i think it's so funny that they both followed that progression because they both threw it so well I mean I like both of them
0: yeah the rock you got John Cena beat as far as money and everything you do I mean John Cena I'm not trying to dish you but like the rock got you big time buddy
1: <laughs> yeah but but like their career trajectories are very similar so I just think it's fine, and who knows maybe John Cena he's getting up there you know I don't know. I thought it was funny. I thought it was so funny too how they showed how like how much like blackmail and like corruption is in the industry. Like when we see she's like, I would tell everyone like you're gonna get this movie done because you need to do this and this or I'll expose you and it seemed like she wasn't like he was in her pocket and she was in John Lithgow's pocket. And I don't know, and I think that's very telling and true because there as it's been coming out, there is a lot of corruption and blackballing and scandals within the industry.
0: Oh yeah, and like each person had one person they had to answer to. And each person tried to make the other person pay them more money. They're like, oh, well, we can't get it done unless you pay this. And They're like, just get it done. You know, and like it went up the scale of ladder. to like, you know, the very highest person where he's like, just here's the money. And I was like, I was like, does that really happen? And then they come to find out it really does happen. So it's, it's kind of like you said, it's it's like blackballing and, you know, manipulation. And uh, it's just the way things work.
1: Yeah. And I always think it's so funny when they set a movie like in our time, like because they were like talking when they're talking about like Batman and they were talking about like how like Robert Pattinson is the new Batman. And I just, I think it's so funny because, like, we say it again, like, with the stars Born. It's, like, set in our time. So, it's, like, what exists in this world? But, like, you obviously don't exist. But, like, these things exist. I just think it's so, it's so silly.
0: Yeah, I I haven't seen the new Batman yet. But I hear he does a great Batman, bad Bruce Wayne. So, I I, I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not. I, I don't know.
1: Okay. I have no idea who you're talking to. I am the, I love the new Batman. I think Robert Pattinson does a great job because Batman is not this, like, cool, suave guy. He needs to go to therapy. and. And he's like, he doesn't have social skills. He doesn't. Yeah, he's a billionaire, but billionaires do- doesn't mean like money and charisma and like all this stuff. He like literally dresses up and fights crime instead of dealing with like his emotions. I don't know. I think this was a very accurate Batman. It was very dark. It was Detective Batman, which I like. The soundtrack was great. The fight scenes were great. It was so atmospheric. It had a lot of good horror elements. I would watch it. It just came out on HBO Max. I would watch it. I saw it in the theaters. I can't wait to watch it again. It's 3 hours doesn't feel like 3 hours. It's a great film.
0: So that could be one of our future things we talk about. Oh, yeah. Talk that, about. that sounds good to me. I also want to do the the Spider-Man, Far from Home, No No Way Home. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. There's a bunch of movies we still want to do. Um, there's like Under the Rainbow.
1: Don't die over here. I know we're talking about a COVID movie. Should we be sharing a mic? I'm scared now. <laughs> I'm, so I'm just kidding. I'm just getting. Yeah, we have a lot little... of <laughs> We have a lot of things we want to do. I mean, there's some good stuff on the horizon. Do you want to? Should, yeah, should we get some water? Want some <laughs> water? <laughs> yeah. Want some Pamplemousse <laughs> I know, right? This is what? you want some water, though? No. For real? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the movie a lot. I thought it was funny i thought they tried to do some things in the film that were like tra- like a little try hard to me i mean i get that they were trying to say that like stop like relating like all this hard work and the bad hours and no benefits and no sleep and being overworked to like frontline workers but i thought that was like a little tasteless i thought when they like tried to unionize and then karen Gillum who was like trying to lead it got like demonized i thought that was a little rude because those are all things that are like important for the working class and they're, they're, those are still like things that are happening so i, I thought some parts were bad but overall i liked
0: it yeah, i thought at the end when they're escaping in the helicopter and like the people that were waited on them hand and foot like you didn't tip us <laughs> and i'm like i can get that i see that because working in working as a restaurant uh i've been a waiter and i've done great service on some of the people and they don't tip and i'm like what the hell and they're like i heard some people say oh, i just don't tip what okay then i just don't serve you yeah, it doesn't
1: make sense and I feel like within a richer like money bracket like these people are so far removed and it just it just doesn't make sense you know like I don't know.
0: Yeah. You ever see like sometimes like some of the superstars, like like the, they leave thousands of dollars. And I'm like, where were you when I was doing this? I, I mean, I'm working at Skechers and Trader Joe's now. And when I was a, a waiter, I didn't get thousands of dollars. I might have got a buck fifty. And been ecstatic jumping up and down.
1: Yeah, What was that back in 1940? <laughs> that was like a thousand dollars back
0: then. Listen, me and Moses used to go and have some really cool drinks. All right. Thank you, Moses. He split the Red Sea so we get to the bar.
1: Oh, I'm just kidding. You're definitely not that old. There's gray hair on the <laughs> But yeah, so back to the bubble. Fun movie. I hope a lot of pandemic content doesn't come out while we're in it because i'd like to forget a lot of it i don't know
0: yeah listen uh, i i will say that like people definitely definitely disappointed me in the pandemic i mean as far as how they treated other people i mean just the total disrespect for one another and it's in in the show it's kind of like the same way like the disrespect that they have for like certain people like when they when they think that they have it they're like oh my god blah, blah. but it's just like i don't know during the pandemic it just it showed like how low we've stood for, for like treating other people and the respect like I, I'm working now and people will reach over me and they don't say, excuse me, they'll cut in front of me and they'll say, excuse me. And I'm like, when I was growing up, I didn't say, excuse me. My mother would have my head.
1: Oh yeah, it, there's been, and I think it's just show like how many r- people feel like they're just entitled to a lot of things that like service workers and working class people are just like, wow, like you are just a monster this whole time. Like you are an animal and you're not better than me. I don't know. There's, I feel like there's a lot of like divide now. Everyone talks about how like, oh, we're like coming together and like love and unity. But I think like, I don't, I don't see it. I, I see there's so much more like active hate and like active rudeness in the world and it's like it's like you have to combat it but it's like it can get so draining when i mean i feel like a lot of us are facing burnout a lot of us who have worked non-stop and they don't we haven't gotten this luxury of being able to be like oh i'm in i'm quarantining i'm taking like those three like two to three weeks you know what i mean
0: yeah i think the newest thing now is the fact that we can't get things so we can't get like cashews we can't get certain items and people don't believe us and we're like no 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 we really can't get this we're not holding it from you we we want it i think it's also scaring people i think this is really scaring people because like stuff that is normal like we thought that you could have all the time stuff like coconut and stuff that it's hard to get now so people are kind of freaking out
1: and i think that goes back to this like very like entitled mindset that i think america has i think it started in the 80s which was the big like push of this like yuppie like capitalistic era because it it piggybacks off the free love movement from the 70s and then we see this shift where it's like very much into building, we've built industry before but building industry, building consumerism, building capitalism it really feeds onto that and then through the 90s and in the new millennia with the rise of technology we see it even more and I think now that there are shortages and now that all these things people are realizing that we're not on top we're not entitled to these things and America is slipping. We're not technically advanced anymore. We're not, I mean, we're not doing anything. We have more divides in homelessness and in hunger. I mean, we're, I think it's just clear now that we're failing.
0: Yeah. And like, this does play into the movie. I, you'd be like, oh, what it, does is it? Does. it? It really does. So we're not just rant, ranting on like, you know, look at these guys. They're just venting. No, this actually plays in the movie. So you got to watch the movie to see what we're talking about. But this does play into it.
1: It does. And I think, and obviously the movie does it in a way where it's like a satire of actors, but I feel like it's tasteless because there are so many people. I mean, there were so many people that died. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we can make jokes about like, oh, I didn't even send in the test results. Like, what was I really doing? And oh, the movie failed, but we got this great documentary out of it and things like that. But like, I don't know, we're still in this pandemic. And that's why I don't want to see like pandemic media. I mean, the only pandemic media I want to see is Bo Burnham's inside because like, I'm also crazy and depressed. Like I get it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I will say like for my wife, she's an introvert. This, the pandemic was great for her because she was like, "Wait, I don't have to deal with anybody. I don't have to leave my house." Yahoo! So like for her, it was like great. I mean, it wasn't great, but like she, it didn't affect her like it does a lot of people. Like I'm a, I'm an extrovert. I love people. I dance. I sing. I do a lot of crazy stuff on, on the outside. If you ever come into where I'm working, you're gonna think I'm insane.
1: Even at that 5 a.m. shift. <laughs> Oh, my God. I hate the 5 a.m. shift. That is brutal. But I think, yeah, if you're an Apatow fan, give it a shot. I was mostly excited for it because I am a big GuzCon fan. I will watch literally anything that he's in. Shout out Man Like Mo Bean. Cannot wait for season four. What? Oh, Borderline. Borderline's the best one. Actually, just shout out Guz Khan and his stand-up and all the media that he's in. Love you.
0: So listen, we have a website called washappening.com if you want to go check it out. There's, you can link into the other podcasts that we've done. We're looking forward to you guys coming to see us. Next week, we plan another live event. So like if you guys like this, come watch us again.
1: Yeah, and for all our loyal fans and followers that we haven't, we've never really done an event like this before. So if you're going to tune in, tune in. It's going to be right around like 2.30, we'll say 230 eastern standard time hopefully you're following us on tiktok and we're going to be doing a little question and answer after we do the episode so anything you want to know we're excited we want to hear from you so we really hope you tune in
0: yeah and we're going to let you go please tune in next week and we'll make sure that everything goes well and follow us like us do whatever you have to do get us out there get us out there tell people about us because we love you and we, we want you to dare to be different be yourselves always tune in next week to what's happening